This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so glad you've tuned in today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What a great day we have ahead of us. I am so excited about all that we have in front of us today. Not only are we going to have a great discussion about how truth changes everything today and the movement in our culture, society, and yes, even the church towards relativism and what we as faithful Christians need to do about it, but we also have our Zoom webinar that's coming up today. That's right. Today is the day that we have been waiting for, preparing for, and praying for. You know, it is interesting that today we would have our Zoom webinar because so much of the picture became clear as of last night. We now know that the Democrats are uh, in control of the White House and the Senate, Republicans, in control of the House of Representatives, and they have more governors, so you can argue that they're in control of the gubernatorial offices as well. All of this is important as we talk about the Christian and politics, and we begin to ask the question, what's next in the areas of the sanctity of life, sexuality and identity, religious liberty and public worship, as well as education and parental rights. We're going to talk about those topics. Take your questions. So if you're a monthly partner and you've already registered, make sure you're with me at the top of the hour. I'm going to be ready to take your questions. We're going to have a great time together. If you have not yet registered in your monthly partner, go now to your Equipper email, Equipper Encouragement. I sent it to you. You can search by my name or simply type in Equipper Encouragement. Registration details are there. It's not too late to register. You can also call 888-644-4144 if you want to become a monthly partner. That's 888-644-4144. The Christian and politics is our topic. That's the umbrella. But underneath it, We're going to talk about how we can continue to make change and impact in the critical areas of our culture and society as followers of Christ. It's going to be a great time, and I hope to see you at the top of the hour immediately following the program. But as for today, I am so thrilled both about our topic and about our guests. Recent studies have shown that there is a movement in our culture and our society towards relativism. I wish I could limit it there, but as you'll see in just a moment, it is not just impacting non-Christian culture, but Christian culture as well. A report that was done by Summit Ministries and McLaughlin and Associates uh, showed that 55% of young Americans ages 18 to 29 are now saying there is no such thing as absolute truth. Uh, Rather, it's up to each individual to define their own truth. But if you looked at the studies concerning theology and the church, 
uh, that was produced recently by Ligonier Ministries, what it will show you is only 7% of Christians have what's known as a biblical worldview affirming the inerrancy of Scripture and affirming absolute truth. So what that tells me is that this is a church phenomenon as well. What happens when the church sacrifices truth? Why do we need to contend for the truth, as Jude would say it? And how do we best engage in this uh, this defense of the truth in our day and age? Well, to talk about this and so much more is my good friend, Dr. Jeff Myers. He's one of the leading intellects of our day, one of the voices within uh, Christianity that I commend you listen to. There are very few that are more in touch with what the next generation is thinking, their worldview, the ideologies that are shaping their young minds and future leaders than Dr. Jeff Myers. He's the president of Summit Ministries. Now, Summit Ministries, if you don't know, it is the best-in-class leadership training program for the next generation, training them to embrace God's truth and to champion a biblical worldview. Jeff is the author of 14 books, and I'm holding in my hand his most recent, entitled Truth Changes Everything, How People of Faith Can Transform the World in Times of Crises. Jeff, how are you, brother? Hey, I'm doing great, Chris. It's great to hear your voice, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I am, too. Hey, thank you for writing this book. Every one of your books is always informative. It always connects the historic biblical faith to the current moment that we're dealing with right now. There's so much I want to dig into in your newest book, Truth Changes Everything. But I would imagine that the motivation for this book is the stark statistics and reality that I just shared about the movement towards relativism. Is that right? Uh, That's right, Chris. Well, there are two things going on when I wrote the book. One is just recognizing where we are as a culture. We've actually tipped to the place where more people than not in the United States of America believe that truth is up to the individual, that each person decides their own truth. And the second one was a battle of cancer. Uh, I had been diagnosed with cancer and I had this book contract and you know, you just don't know at that point, what am I going to, what's going to happen? If this is the last book I ever get to write, am I sure this is Mm. the topic I want to write on? And I realized, Chris, I I can't think of anything more important. No civilization has ever gotten to the place where ours is in its denial of reality and survived unless they had a revival of truth. You know, I think about the fact that God preserved you And in many ways, like the Old Testament prophets of old, I don't want to be or sound too dramatic here. He's preserved you and giving you a message for the church and for this generation in this time. And I'm so grateful for your faithfulness towards that. Uh, I want to ask this question, and I know it may seem simple, but I need you to answer it. Does truth still matter? Hmm. Well, Chris, if we define truth, and this is the way it's usually defined as what really is, then without truth, we can't live healthy personal lives and we can't have a healthy society. You remember M. Scott Pack, the psychiatrist from the 1970s, wrote the book Road Less Traveled. He was talking about mental health. He said, look, the, the beginning of mental health 
if you have an addiction or uh, say you struggle with anxiety or depression, the very first thing you have to do is grapple with reality at all costs. Those are his words. Wow. The same thing that is true for us personally is also true as a society. And it, it is like a, you know, it's funny that I'm, I'm going to use this analogy because I'm actually in Daytona Beach today. Uh, I've recovered from my cancer uh, to the point where I can actually go out and speak. And I'm speaking to several thousand Christian school teachers, but they just had a hurricane come through here. That's probably, you're probably going to hear construction sounds in the background because of, of all of that. Wow. But we, it's like we have a cultural hurricane that has swept over us. And, and I'll tell you what happens in a hurricane. I was out on the beach yesterday. You see all of the places, all of the hotels that didn't have very good seawalls. You know, they saved a little bit of yes. money. They didn't prepare themselves very well. And then everything collapses into the sea. Their swimming pools, their, their buildings. And it's just, it's unbelievable. But the same thing is happening. Our weak foundation, the foundation we've built on sand, that is, I decide for myself what is true. Uh, when hard times come, it washes away so fast you can't even believe it. So here's the question then that I think is uh, paramount. If truth is still important, some would even argue, in particular younger generations, that, Jeff, truth just can't be known. It's a mystery. I won't quibble over your definition, but what do you say to the person who says truth just can't be known? Well, it's funny. When, I, when somebody says that to me, the first thing I do is, I, I, and it sounds, it, it sounds silly, but I just ask them, is that something that you know? <laughs> you just claimed to know a truth. Do you actually know it? Or is it that truth is impossible to know? Or is it just that it's hard to find it and you actually have to work at it? We sort of have this grubhub narcissism that's at the core of our culture, that if you don't deliver it to me the exact, exactly the way I want, exactly as I have ordered from the menu, then I am not obligated to try to understand or do anything. But it, it's but truth rises it, 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 in everyday conversations. We can't even use language to talk about the idea that there is no truth without assuming that the words we're using bear some reasonable relationship to the things and ideas we are talking about. And, you know, things and ideas have essences. So if I, you know, I hear people say all the time, well, such and such is unjust. Then they say, oh, I decide truth for myself. Well, then what does justice mean? Because if you decide what justice is for you and I decide that it's different, how do we decide who's right? And, and in history, the philosophers said, well, the only way you can really know that is just if you win. Well, it's kind of a postmodern yeah, mindset. Yeah. You know, Stanley Fish, the First Amendment professor, said you are entitled to your own facts if you can make them stick. Wow. So if I can get people to be persuaded that I am right, or I can at least shame them into being quiet, then I'm right. We yeah. don't want to live in a world like that. That's not justice. That's, in fact, the enshrinement of injustice. Yes. You know, it's interesting that you bring this up because this is akin to the old saying that history belongs to the victors. Now what's being said, if you're right, is that truth belongs to the victors. Truth becomes a matter of power, of influence, of likes and followers, instead of reality. And that's a really, really scary place to be. But if I'm hearing you right, that's where our world is. 
And for moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas that are out there, those who care deeply about the next generation, many of you are concerned about a young person in your life who seems to argue there's no way to know right or wrong. There's no way to know if one religion is true and another is not true. There's no really way to determine objective morality. Everything is a matter of personal preference or perspective. If you're encountering this with your children or grandchildren and you'd like to pray or maybe ask Jeff a question about how do I respond to their rejection of truth? How do I respond to this relativism in the world? I want you to call 877-LIVE-675. That's 877 877- 548-3675, because today might be the day that changes everything for you, for your family, and for the next generation. That's 877-548-3675. Jeff, just one more question before we go to our first break, and that is, uh, this book is so unique. And I got to say this, brother, I love, love, love the way you approach this book, because what I expected was that this would be another put-on-your-boxing-gloves type of book. And let's duke it out and let's fight the relativists uh, with our facts and data and presuppositions. You did not take that approach. Why didn't you just write a book about fighting relativism? Well, Chris, there are some books out there about fighting relativism, and I've enjoyed them. I think they're good books. But I realized that truth usually is best noticed by people when it's lived out well. And so I thought, you know, we live in a time of crisis. Let's go back into history and times of crises that seemed so bad that it was uncertain whether society would survive and just see what Jesus followers did. And it turns out they changed the whole course of the world in science, the arts, education, politics, justice, all of these other areas. Their living example shows us proof that everyday people can make a difference even in times like ours. I love it. So for those of you who are like me and you're biography fans and you love history, I'm telling you what Jeff does brilliantly is to say, okay, let's go into uh, history. Let's look at points of crises and let's see how people stood up for truth in the arts, in science, in politics, in justice areas, and so much more. And let's see, can one person make a difference? Now, Jeff, you have hope. You have real hope in this moment in spite of the stats. And I think there's one more stat that we need to mention that helps to undergird your reason for hope. And that is that 81% of Americans express an opinion that they believe that one person standing for truth in times of crises has the power to bring change. That's encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> that is really encouraging. Now we just have to get to the place where people say, I can be that person. I can overcome my fear and do that. All right. We got Jeff Myers with us, the expert on the next generation, what they're thinking, the ideologies that are shaping their worldview. Moms, dads, grandparents, if I'm you, I'm dialing that number, 877-LIVE-675-877-548-3675. Truth changes everything. Can we embody that? Can we live that? We're going to talk about it on the other side of this break. Next up on Equip. 
We all want to live joy-filled lives, filled with satisfaction in God. But that life is not automatic, even for seasoned saints. So what do you do when you're weary in the battle and you want to give up? John Piper's book, When I Don't Desire God, will energize you as you fight for joy and encourage others along the way. Ask for your copy when you support Equip this month. Call 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Taking your calls at 877-LIVE-675. Do you have a young person, young adult in your life that is arguing with you that there's no way we can know truth? That there's no way that we can know whether or not one idea is better than the other? One religion is right and another is wrong? One lifestyle is correct or moral and another is not. If you're having these discussions with your teenager, with your young adult, and you're wondering, how do I navigate these uh, with love and grace, but holding on to the truth and conviction, I want you to call today, 877-LIVE-675 is the number, 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Today, we are talking about how truth changes everything, that truth still matters, that truth is knowable. Uh, The title of the book that Jeff Myers has written, Dr. Jeff Myers, is Truth Changes Everything. This is what Dr. Alveda uh, King says, the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. She's one of the endorsers of the book. She says, this book is a timely and deeply appreciated gift for every generation. I agree with her assessment. That's why I commend it to you and why I have Jeff on with me today. Jeff, how did Jesus model for us the power of one person standing on conviction and for truth to make a change? You, you know, there are several statements about Jesus and truth, and, and there are a couple of things I want to point out here. One thing that's, I think, unique about this book, but is I, I believe it's very biblical, and that is we acknowledge that truth exists, but it's not just a set of logical propositions. It's not just mathematical formulas. It's a person. Yes. It's Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. In John eight thirty two, he said, follow my teachings. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Well, the Greek word there used as the scriptures were translated, you know, Jesus' words were translated into Greek is aletheia. It means reality. Jesus is not saying, if you know my truth, then you will know your own truth. No, he's saying, if you, you know my truth, you will know reality. And that will set you free. Now think of everything that especially this rising generation needs to be set free from. of them say they don't believe they have a sense of purpose that gives them meaning in life. 53% say they regularly struggle with anxiety and depression. A Mm. third say they aren't sure what gender they are. Uh, There is so much identity confusion out there right now. And that's what happens in the same way that if you were out hiking in Colorado, I know you and your family have visited Summit Ministries, you know. You can go on those trails and you can get lost really quick. But if you have a compass... And, and a topographical map, you can find your way to within 50 feet anywhere in Pike, Pike National Forest, unless you're using the compass to point to yourself, in which case you're always lost. 
you know, I, I want you to talk a little bit about some kind of um, maybe contemporary phenomenon that has impacted this conversation, such as the advancement of technology and science that kind of have given us a sense of, for lack of a better way of putting it, deity. We've almost been deified in our ability to control outcomes. And this has led to, in some ways, Jeff, it seems like this sense of relativism taking, uh, being even more entrenched. Talk about how technology impacts this conversation. Well, I think it's probably helpful and this may be discouraging, but it's probably helpful to think about how people in Silicon Valley, when they're working on social media, developing computers and so forth, think about humans. They think about humanity as incidental to what is true. So they'll talk about hardware, software and wetware. Well, you're the wetware. You're, you're nothing but, wow. you know, as Marvin Minsky, who had pioneered artificial intelligence, said, you're nothing but a meat machine. Mm. A biblical worldview didn't ever have that assumption. It started with the assumption that every human being is valuable because we all bear God's image. So it's not that humans are incidental to truth or anything that's important. It's that we're central to it, that the value of human life, that you see the idea that we have a soul. And, you know, Thomas Aquinas was a Catholic theologian, uh, probably the most brilliant philosopher to have lived. And he said, we have an image of God in us. We, we are individuals and we know that we're individuals. Our substance is continuous. You know, when I, uh, you know, if, I'm, if my arm fell off, I'm still Jeff. I'm, you know, I'm still the same Jeff. After all of my cells in my body are replaced every few years, I'm still the same person. We're intentional. We have mental states that are not just physical states. All of these things indicate to us that humans need to be at the center. Well, if technology is at the center, what does that say? Yeah. You know, if a doctor comes in and says, look, I don't care how you say you feel. I'm just going to listen to your heartbeat. We would not consider that to be a good doctor. You know, we want a good doctor to say, tell me what the symptoms are. I want to hear from you first. So if technology replaces common sense and wisdom, then it's not serving us. You know, I love whenever I get a chance to prove uh, Alexa or Siri wrong in the Brooks household. Uh, there are certain times <laughs> when my kids will ask Alexa a question and there's been several times when I've been able to say, nope, Alexa got that one wrong. And I love to do it simply because I don't want them to grow up in a world where they are suspicious about humans, but confident that everything they hear from a technological device somehow is correct. And that's the world that our young children in particular are being raised in. And we have to make sure that we're having these what I call digital discipleship conversations. You talked about Jesus and how he modeled for us uh, truth, not just as a proposition, but as a, um, as a person who, in relationship with him, brings peace, transforms our life. Uh, in a moment, we want to talk about how his followers have changed the world in moments of crises. But first, let's go to Evanston, Illinois, where Arlene has been listening to us. Thank you so much for listening. What's your question for Jeff? Hi. Um, thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it, and I just want to let you know that I enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, 
so I just wanted to um, ask how should I respond um, to my um, young adult children who, uh, when we talk about transgenderism, um, you know, I say that that is that God created man and woman and um, that he doesn't make any mistakes. And so sure. we get into this debate about, about it. And they have, um, they know people who um, have transitioned. Um, they say that they're happier and um, they say that their point of view is that if it's not hurting anyone and they're not, then they should be happy. So um, just, want some tips on how I can respond biblically to that in love and with grace. Arlene, thank you so, so much for calling because your question is a question that I know is on the heart of many parents. Jeff, what's your answer for our sister? Arlene, there's so, there's so many angles to this, and I'm glad that you're in conversation with your adult children about this. Uh, let's just keep in mind that, uh, that something like transgender, it's become extremely popular. It, it is almost uniquely an American phenomenon. Other countries do not deal with this, which tells us that it's probably caused by social media. So it's sort of like what happens during political elections when we all get up in arms against one another. Uh, then we settle down afterward. It's sort of that a phenomenon. But I would just encourage you to start asking questions of them. Uh, is there such a thing as male and female? Are, you know, are mammals dimorphous, right? Does that even matter anymore? So transgenderism is based on a theory that was advanced probably, oh, I'm guessing 30 or so years ago in academia that sex and gender are different things, that your sex is biological. Uh, even though now gender uh, activists say it, they talk about your sex assigned at birth, right? As if you weren't biologically male or female. You're either XX chromosome or you're XY, okay? There aren't other alternatives. Even the idea of intersex is not correct. So I just engage them in conversation about it and just start asking questions about where they came up with those ideas and how they know they're true. Listen, this is a big question. I'll talk to Jeff on the other side of this break to go a little bit deeper. Arlene, thanks for your question. We're going to take more of yours at 877-LIVE-675 right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. What a great day it is having a wonderful conversation with Dr. Jeff Myers about truth. Is it knowable? Does truth still matter? How do we explain that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life in a culture that has rejected absolute truth in exchange for relativism? We're going to talk about that and much more in just a moment. But I also want to say thank you to our monthly partners. Today is the day for our next Zoom webinar. We have been anticipating, building, and preparing in expectation for this day. It's going to be a rich, rich time. It's called the Christian and politics. We're going to dig into not only the outcomes of the midterm election, but in, in, even more importantly, is where do we stand currently as a country in the area of sanctity of life, sexuality, religious liberty, parental rights? We're going to talk about those topics and, and some more. And we're going to say, what, what's next? What do we do as Christians to impact hearts 
and minds for Christ in these areas. If you've already registered, please be with us at the top of the hour. I'm going to meet you there at the top of the hour sharp. And then if you have not yet registered, go now to your email of your monthly partner and click on the registration information. It's in your Equipper Encouragement email. Now, I also want to encourage you to consider supporting the ministry prayerfully and financially if you've never done so. It's be a great day to become a monthly partner. Maybe you can partner with us as we finish the year. Your partnership becomes ex- extremely important. Not only does it help us to meet our budget goals, but it helps us to dream big about the future. We want to be good stewards today so that we can have impact tomorrow. Maybe today you can consider being one of 10 friends who comes alongside of us at $30 a month. That gift has multiplied impact in spreading the gospel throughout your community and reaching the next generation. That's just a dollar a day, and it's tax deductible. Can you call today if the program has been a blessing to you? The phone number is 888-644-4144. That's 888 888- 644-4144. Consider being a monthly partner. A dollar a day can change a person's life for eternity. 888-644-4144. Jeff Myers is my guest today. Jeff, uh, one of the first chapters in your book is entitled The Point of No Return. Where do you stand when you look at the stats of where Americans are, where the church even is in the West, when it comes to relativism, do you believe we've reached a point of no return? Well, Chris, you know, that chapter on the point of no return in in the new book, Truth Changes Everything, was to help us see that even though we live in a difficult cultural moment, it's not the most difficult, not even Mm -hmm. close. We do not face the challenges that the founders of the United States faced. But I go back even farther. I go all the way back to the 1300s with the outbreak of the Black Death, the bubonic plague. Yes, you A do. A third to half of the people in Europe. We don't have records from all around the world, but we know in Europe. A third to half of the people died. That's of all of the... I mean, can you imagine one out of every two people you know dying in the most excruciating way imaginable. And yet out of that time, believers stepped up. People who said, my love for Jesus is greater than my fear of my circumstances. And they are the ones who, well, it started with medical care. You had people like Catherine of Siena. They were saying, get out of town. You know, Everybody who's got money or status is getting out and you can get out. She said, I'm not leaving because I want to be with Jesus. And people asked her, well, what do you mean? She said, well, Jesus sits with the suffering and I want to be with Jesus. I'm going to sit with the suffering too. And and she's established a reverse trend of people running away from their problems to people running toward them. And that really became the genesis of modern medical care. Out of that came modern sanitation. Out of that came our modern economic system, our modern education system, so many things. Just because Christians didn't try to escape, they engaged. And so that's my hope. Now, if we can't do that, and there's some question as to whether we will be able to do it, you've been quoting from some of the polls that we've done at Summit Ministries with the McLaughlin Group, a respected polling company. And we're finding that half the people who know the truth say, I don't say anything because I'm afraid of being canceled. I don't want to offend anyone or I just don't know what to say. 
as long as that remains the case, we're going to be in for a rough road. Yeah, and I pre- <clears throat> excuse me, I appreciate you sharing and uh, and documenting in this book more than just mere opinion. Uh, this could have easily been just anecdotal. This could have been what some would call me me search which is uh, the opposite of research. It could have just simply been Jeff Meyer's opinion. But I love the fact that you have included in here the uh, very meticulous approach that you've taken, along with the McLaughlin Group, to understand what's happening in our society and how we can respond. Maybe you're a mom or a dad that's out there and you're concerned about your son or daughter. Maybe your grandparent. Maybe... You love the next generation, but you have a young adult or high schooler that you're walking with in this season, and uh, they're telling you, hey, uh, there's no way to know uh, right or wrong in an absolute sense. No way to know whether or not one religion is true and the other one is false. No way to know what's true morally or not. It's about everyone's individual preference or opinion. And Maybe you're saying, Chris, I don't know how to – play by these rules? How do I engage in this conversation? Well, that's why I had Jeff on, because I believe he is the foremost expert in this area, and uh, we want to take your questions as well. 877-548-3675. Give us a call today, 877-548-3675. Do our best to answer your questions about how to engage in these conversations, but maybe even more importantly, we love to be your prayer partner today, praying for the young adult, the high schooler in your life. Jeff and I, our hearts uh, are burdened for that generation, and we love to pray with you for the young adult or high schooler in your life. 877-548-3675. Jeff, if you don't mind, I want to go to Florida. Nancy is listening there. Hey, Nancy, thank you so much for calling. What's your question for Jeff? Hi, thank you for having me on, and you guys are a blessing. Um, my situation is that I have a niece. She's 15 years old, and uh, she just moved to this area, so I haven't been in her life consistently, but now I am. And um, it's come to my attention that she wants to be referred to as we. <laughs> and, okay. uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have no idea how to approach this. I don't want it. I want our conversation to be shut down. Sure. But I I just don't know. How, I mean, this is like from left field. Sure. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. How, how can I tell her how the, the, what the truth is, how it is, so that she will be receptive to it? Well, Nancy, first off, again, you're dealing with something that's pretty broad spread. Okay, Jeff, you've had to deal with this pronoun issue. It's it's really sweeping through our culture in a major major way. What do you what wisdom and advice do you give to folks when it comes to navigating the pronoun minefield? Hmm. Well, Chris, I need to give a little bit of background here, and I, I'm so grateful for the question. And Arlene's question in the last segment was based on this as well. But let me just give a little bit of background. The feminist Julia Long, who's quite radical, and you wouldn't think that she would oppose transgender agenda, but she does. She says trans activism has one function, and that is to falsify reality. 
If you can get boys and girls to look at one another and say there's no difference, then you can get them to believe anything. They are open to any kind of indoctrination that you want to give them. Now, I want to be clear. I do not tolerate. This is at Summit Ministries. We train people on this. We do not tolerate bullying. We do not tolerate derision. We don't tolerate discrimination against parents or children who are trying to genuinely address gender dysphoria. And that's what it's called. But at the same time, there's a difference between somebody's name and the pronouns we use to refer to them. The pronouns refer to reality. So we don't get to choose what reality actually is. Uh, But, you know, and that's why it's, you know, I'll tell a student, look, uh, tell me what name you want to be called. Uh, I'm fine with that name. But when it comes to the pronouns, that's based on reality. That's not something that you just get to choose. I mean, honestly, I, I would love to be called your majesty if in every conversation, right? <laughs> I think that would be kind of cool. But uh, but we, I don't get to choose that. That is So it, it's very awkward. But you have to talk about the talk. You have to say, what is that based on? Where is that coming from? Why would you say that? So uh, at Summit Ministries, we partner with one of the top Christian counseling organizations, Colorado Christian University. And Dr. Trent Langhofer from there, he and I have talked about this extensively. He said, look, 94% of these young people, they resolve their gender identity and their sexuality by the time they finish puberty. But if you you recognize that so much of this comes out of trauma, so much of this comes out of deep hurts and pain, it's not about the gender or sexuality. It's about deep heart hurts and very often trauma. There's been a tremendous amount of sexual abuse in this country, and this is one way that it's manifesting itself. But let me just say this, Chris, because Arlene's question was, uh, you know, this is not hurting anybody, or at least that's what her adult children were telling her. But that's not true. We should not be allowing untested permanent gender procedures to proceed with young people when they can't even get a tattoo without their parents' permission. Mm. This is this has turned into a almost a two billion dollar medical industry so far. And when a ch- they say we'll just pause puberty for a little while, give puberty blockers. Well, those puberty blockers cost eleven thousand dollars every three months. This is people. T- this is people in the medical industry taking advantage of parents and children to try to make a lot of money. And it's at a time where the children are not prepared for it. Their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed till age 26. That's why we have laws saying if you're under 18, you can't sign a permanent legal contract and so forth, because we have to be in a position of protecting children rather than further victimizing them. So good. And I'm so grateful for you answering that question. Father, we pray for Nancy that you would continue to give her tremendous influence uh, in her niece's life, that her love and care for her niece would would shine bright in her niece's heart. And I pray, Lord, that you would draw her niece to yourself, that you would um, reveal to her that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Jeff Myers is a gift, friends, and we're grateful to have him with us. We're going to take uh, our final break of the day, but these breaks only give you opportunity to order the book and learn more about our guests. So you can do so by going to our website, equipradio.org. The title of the book, 
truth changes everything. How people of faith can transform the world in times of crises. Click on today's program details. Ordering information is there. And it will be, I believe, one of the best purchases you've made in quite a while. Go there now, equipradio.org. Friends, we are only 16 minutes from our next Zoom webinar. If you're registered, get ready. It's going to be a great time. If you're not, dial 888-644-4144. We'll be right back right after this. If you're talking about a hot topic at home, at work, and with friends, then we want to talk about it too. In fact, every day on Equip, we're talking about current issues and how faith intersects with life. Today, I'm inviting you to become an Equipper. In this role, you'll give a monthly donation to support the ministry of Equipped. And as an Equipper, I'll send you regular emails that contain brief pastoral messages prepared just for you. Become an Equipper right now by calling 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. What a month of generosity it has been. You guys are amazing. When we started this week, we were close to $7,000 away from our monthly goal. But each day you have cut into that. And now we're only $2,500 away from our monthly goal budget-wise. This allows us to be faithful stewards over the airtime and cost of this program for this month. But when we cover that, it allows us to also make plans for the month ahead and to dream big about how to impact your community and the next generation with the good news of Jesus. Today, I'm asking for you to consider becoming a monthly partner. That's a dollar a day, $30 a month. Can you consider that today? If the program's been a blessing, I would love for you to call. Now, if you're just checking this out or new to us, please feel no pressure at all. But if you've been encouraged by guests, the wisdom of our resources, and so much more, can you dial 888-644-4144? That's 888-644-4144. Now, you can also give a one-time gift, tax-deductible gift, maybe $50 or $100, or if the Lord should speak to your heart about more, feel free. But all of it will go towards uh, helping to reduce our budget and helping us to uh, be able to broadcast today and into the future. The phone number, eight seven, I'm sorry, 888-644-4144. Can you call today? 888-644-4144. As I mentioned before, Jeff, you have covered how Christians, individuals have stood strong for truth and impacted their world in times of crises in so many fields. One field that is really near and dear to my heart are the arts, the arts. Can you just give us an example of how God has used his people in that area? Well, there there's some great stories here. Uh, one of my favorite story that comes out of the book, and there are probably 75 stories like this in the book, so they're all fun to tell. This is one of my favorites, and it goes all the way back to the 1600s to a guy named Antonio Vivaldi. He was a priest, an Italian priest. And Chris, honestly, he wasn't a very good priest because he was so distracted by writing music. He had actually quit in the middle of a service and go write music and then come back and expect everyone to still be there. He was so distracted. <laughs> but the, the, uh, I know that's hard to imagine a pastor doing that, but that's just he just couldn't stop. And finally, the head of his diocese said, look, he can't help 
he, that he's not in his right mind because he's a musician, which whenever I, <laughs> I, I, I give that, I gave that line to a group of Christian musicians recently and they all, they just hollered. They were so, it, they, they thought that was so hilarious, but it was, it, it was, it was a unique opportunity for him to become the composer for orphans. There's an orphanage in, in Venice called the Ospitale della Pieta, and they had thousands of young people there. Well, the young boys, they could grow up and then go out and get jobs, but the young women didn't have that social opportunity at that time. If their, their opportunity to get out of their circumstances was marriage, but you had to have a large dowry, and these were poor children, so they couldn't have a dowry. They would end up on the streets. They would end up being prostitutes or being victims. And so they, so Vivaldi put together orchestras and choirs of orphan girls and turned them into the finest orchestras and choirs in all of Europe. He gave them a purpose and a hope for these young women, many of whom were disfigured from childhood diseases. That's why they were dropped off at the orphanage. He gave them a sense of meaning in their lives. And you know what's cool, Chris? When you do God's work, you get better too. It's, it isn't just that the yes. world gets better, you get better. Yes. And Vivaldi became a great composer. He wrote 500 concertos that we know of. And, wow. and during one six-year period, he wrote a new concerto, which is about as hard as writing a book, every two weeks for six years. Wow. Because he wanted to help these girls. And as a result, we now know Vivaldi as one of the two composers, along with Johann Sebastian Bach, who was also a believer, to form the Baroque period of music, which literally changed musical history forever. And it came out of his desire to help these girls who had no one else to help them. Friends, 75 plus uh, more stories like that in the book. Now you see why I love this book. Each page is like a new biography, and it's introducing you to some heroes of the faith that you maybe already know, but it's also introducing you to some that you need to know, that you can not only celebrate how God used them, but find yourself in their story. God still wants to use artists, scientists, politicians, those who will teach in classrooms that will change the way we learn and education, and those who will fight for justice. And uh, Jeff Myers has put it all together in the book, Truth Changes Everything. Jeff, I couldn't appreciate you more, brother. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have really enjoyed the conversation, Chris. I always love having you speak at Summit. So grateful for the influence that you have encouraging people every day. That means so much. Enjoy your time in Florida with those educators and know we'll be praying for you. Friends, I want to encourage you, get a copy of the book. Go to equipradio.org so that you can get a copy of Jeff's book. Listen, I've enjoyed being with you. I can't wait in just a few minutes to be with our friends for our Equipper webinar. That's our Equipper webinar. It is going to be fantastic. But also know that all of this is made possible through your generosity. Without God's grace and your generosity, we wouldn't be here so can you give a generous tax-deductible gift today or become a dollar-a-day monthly partner? Dial 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. 
Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. Did you know that as great as the Garden of Eden was, the new creation will be much, much better? Bible teacher Nancy Guthrie will trace God's plan for humanity from the pain of Adam's sin to the power of Jesus' sacrifice, resurrection, and the return of the King. Don't miss the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.